NHL Central Scouting's list is out, and we react to it, break down the top 15s for North America and Europe's skaters, and go through the surprises, too high, too low, all coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects-related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's show, we'll be breaking down NHL Central Scouting's uh, list for the mid-season. They've uh, come out with uh, a long and extensive list for North American and European skaters. We'll go through the surprises uh, in our third segment, but first and foremost, we'll break down the top 15 for both North America and Europe, talk about the players that are there. Uh, and where they show up in these rankings. Um, all that's going to be coming up on today's show. But before I get into it, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NHL. Sorry, Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that's Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this, make sure to make us your first listen of the day and leave a review if you can. Let's, now, to get things started here, uh, we'll start on the North American side because there are some decent surprises in there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, at first overall, no debate, no discussion, no question. It's Macklin Celebrini, right? Indeed it is. Uh, the least shocking uh, player in all of these rankings is Macklin Celebrini at one for North America. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it is close for anyone that has watched a lot of this draft class uh, for, for these rankings. I, I have not personally seen a single public scout come out and say that they have anyone other than Celebrini at one since like maybe October. Yeah. Uh, so he's really entrenching himself in that, in that top position. So I yeah. think we can, we can move on rather swiftly here because the <laughs> yeah. interesting parts of these rankings really come be- beyond that number one slot. Yeah. And I was talking with some scouts, um, you know, after the, the, the central scouting list come out and we really fully agree on the fact that it's completely wide open after one, like it can go in any order, depending on what the team prefers. Right. So speaking of which at second overall on the North American scouting list, we, find Artyom Lefshunov, the big right-handed defenseman out of Michigan State in the NCAA. Um, he's a weird player. Um, it, he takes some getting used to, and once you do, you still find some warts. Um, but I get it. I understand. He's really, really toolsy. He's massive. He's rangy. He's got a fantastic shot, um, can move the puck really well. The main concern for me is the decision-making. And I'll give a caveat to this. I'm not a big fan of the smolder defenseman. You look back at the players I'm, I'm lower on than consensus, they're all toolsy defensemen who can't really think the game at an advanced level. And these guys will make the NHL and will play top minutes, but they'll make you rip your hair out. Like, I don't like that. But, like, overall, I understand the the, the hype with Lefshunov. Um, He's a player who, up until, like, a year and a half ago, was playing, like, U16 in Belarus, which is not a level where you're really forced to think too much. And now he's playing in Michigan State and kind of plying a straight and, you know, he, he was playing in, in the OSHL last year, but like in a lesser known program. And, you know, it's going to take some time before his thought process comes up to par. I think there's a, there's a chance he makes it, but overall it's rough. Um, I, I, I have some defensemen that I like better in this North American group than him, but moving on to three, we've got Caden Lindstrom. And I think we can both agree. This is a really, really fun, really enjoyable player to watch. Right. 
Oh yeah, I've, I've been a pretty big fan of Lindstrom for the last couple months. I remember with a lot of other public scouts, I was a bit surprised when Elite Prospects had him at what, like fourth overall or fifth overall in their like October rankings. Yeah. Uh, but that got me to really take a closer look at, at him. And I think I scouted like four consecutive games in depth on him in one day because I just couldn't get enough. He's yeah. really, really fun to watch. And as a scout, really satisfying to watch too. He... He's a type of player that fans would adore. He plays yeah. with a lot of physicality, but he's not a player whose physicality represents his game. It is yeah. one of his tools that he knows how to access, but he is so skilled. He's really intelligent. He's a high-end goal scorer, consistently gets to the middle, really getting to dangerous areas, quite a capable playmaker as well. He uses yeah. his range very effectively uh, to adapt to complex offensive situations. And his defensive game has also steadily improved over the course of the season, playing yep. top-line center minutes uh, with a pretty good team. So he'll be definitely a player that I could easily see going top five on draft day. I think a lot of teams will be very intrigued by his toolkit and his profile. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's more than deserved here the number the number three slot. For sure. And then at fourth overall, we have Zeev Bouyam. We've talked about him at length. Uh, <laughs> an offensive left-handed defenseman who can really do a bit of everything is extremely wriggly and tough to tough to hit, tough to pin. He always finds a way out of pressure. He's really, really interesting and has an offensive toolkit that, you know, especially with the looks I've got of him at the World Juniors, um, he showed that he can really step it up and play defensively as well. Um, I was really, really impressed by him, and he might just be my favorite defenseman in this class. Um, then at fifth overall, we've got a bit of a surprise. We've got Trevor Conley at fifth overall, ahead of some really interesting players. Um, and Trevor Conley is really interesting. He's an extremely skilled player. He can move through pressure really well. Um, every time he gets a puck, he just accelerates the pace of play and creates something. Um, I just have, there's a lot of questions surrounding him, and I'm really surprised to see him this high, but we'll talk about that later on. Um, we've also got Carter Yakimchuk as another surprise at six overall. He's a right-handed defenseman. I uh, was putting up great numbers offensively uh, with Calgary, but I have a lot of questions about, again, the decision-making, the thought process, but especially the defensive side with Yakimchuk has been hit or miss. Uh, so seeing him ahead of Sam Dickinson at seventh overall, uh, that's shocking, right? It's it's a take. Uh, it's not one I, I personally agree with. I, I'm still quite a big fan of Sam Dickinson, as, as I know that you are as well. Yep. But uh, Carter Yakumchuk has has been an experience to scout this season. I know that multiple of our scouts at Dauber have had varying experiences with that process. Yeah. I know that our WHL scout, Luke Sweeney, has uh, not particularly enjoyed uh, that part of the job so far this year because... Yeah. While Yakimchuk is really tools, he has a very, very good shot. There are many aspects of his game that are a lot more frustrating to watch oh, than other sure. players that we have ranked in the top 15 here among North Americans. 100%. And yeah, that's kind of the opposite for Sam Dickinson. He's just the most stable, reliable defenseman you'll watch. And you're never in doubt when when he's was in, when he's on the defensive side of the puck. Uh, but then at eighth overall, we've got Cole Eiserman, who continues his free fall in these rankings. And it's understandable. We've talked about, about this at length. It's like he put all his skill tree points into shooting and positioning and the rest of this game just kind of falters and doesn't really uplift his skill set like it should. He's been playing on the third line recently with Team USA at the at the NTDP, so it, it's been rough to watch. Um, then we got Berkeley Catton at ninth overall. Berkeley Catton is another one of those kind of skillful, a bit undersized, but overall just so dynamic. Um, he, he's a really great uh, forward. He mainly plays on the wing, but he can play center and take face-offs. He can do a bit of everything. He's not a player who's going to give you a net positive defensive impact, but overall, 
um, a really good option if you're looking for pure offense and upside in your lineup. He's he's a great, great option there. Um, at 10th overall, we've got Zane Parekh, uh, an offensive right-handed defenseman, probably the best offensive defenseman in this draft um, in terms of his overall offensive impact. There are still some questions about the defensive side, but I like his profile a lot more than Berkeley Catton, uh, than, than you know Carter Yakumchuk's, because with Parekh, he's still kind of, he's still an elite thinker of the game. Whereas Yakumchuk has a lot of really interesting tools, but doesn't really think the game at that level. Um, so I'm really surprised to see that discrepancy between them with Yakumchuk at six and Parekh at 10. Um, and then we got a trio of forwards here in Tijiginla, Liam Greentree, and Adam Yako. Tijiginla, Jerome McGinla's son, um, really great scorer, really moves really well off the puck, but he's also added a lot of intricacy and defensive play to his game. I mean, not, not the defensive play, either, the, the, the transition play in his, in his game has really improved. Um, so yeah, he, he was a bit more of a kind of bottom six player in, uh, in Seattle when he was playing in the deep lineup last year, but really stepped it up and played really well since being joined with, um, who's he playing Andrew with? Crystal. Andrew Crystal. That's who it is. Um, Liam Greentree, big right winger scores a lot of goals, really can move off the puck and really intelligent in all three zones. I've grown a lot on his game. New captain Oshawa. as well. In New Oshawa. captain as well in Oshawa. Yeah. That's uh, that's leadership fantastic. TM. Absolutely. That's what teams look for. Uh, we've also got Adam Yeko. Speaking of big, big boys, he's six foot five, 200 pounds, plays at center for Edmonton. Um, I'm not really sold on his game overall, but obviously, you know, you're a big center. You can win faceoffs. You can play defensively. You're getting drafted high. Um, and then to end up the top 15, we've got two more forwards. We've got Tarek Parasak, a favorite of mine, smartest forward in this class outside of Macklin Celebrini for me. Like just so Ooh, intelligent. Yeah, I love him. Um, and Beckett Seneca, who's uh, playing in Oshawa as well. Um, really interesting profile for this guy. He he works really well off the puck. He can, you know, he, he can move really well defensively and, and um, he ties up a lot of sticks, which is really important when you're playing in the defensive zone. I have a bit more questions about the offensive side. I don't see as much intelligence and intricacy, and intricacy on the puck as other players that are ranked, ranked below him. But I still understand him being ranked here. He's a really dependable, real, really reliable player. A contender is going to love him. He's a he's the type of player you can easily get up to NHL level and get in your lineup, and he'll he'll do you some good bottom six minutes. Uh, but that's the top fifteen uh, for the central scouting rankings. We'll get into the European side of things, break down their top fifteen for skaters. We'll get into that right after these messages from our sponsors over at Game Time. If you're looking to buy cheap tickets last minute for any event, whether that's sports, theater, comedy, or whatever, wherever requires tickets, Game Time has you covered. Uh, they're a great option in terms of getting last minute tickets because they can get you deals up until the, the last minute before the event, and sometimes an hour before after the event starts. They still have tickets for great deals ready to get to be bought, and it's really easy. They send you a QR code, you scan that out at entry, and you're in the you're in the event. It's really that simple. Um, and yeah, they're really good for anyone who has a really rotating schedule with, you know, someone like me who could find himself with an afternoon free out of nowhere, like tonight, I might just go on game time and buy a ticket to uh, the Habs game. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how the final the financial situation of that is, but I'd be really interested to see Joshua Hua plays first NHL game. We're recording this on Saturday, so going to be some really interesting stuff. 
that overall they've got great deals for you. I, my favorite is zone deals. Uh, basically, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seat, and it gives you an average of about 18% of savings. And the Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less than what Game Time has to offer, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Let's take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Let's download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for $20 off your first purchase at checkout. Terms apply, but again, super simple. You just create an account, use the code, $20 off. It's download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Alrighty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll be talking about the European Top 15 for skaters. I'll get into that right away, and we'll start off with, uh, I mean, the trio on top's already a surprise, right? I mean, we have Konsta Hellenius at first, um, Anton Salayev at second, and Ivan Demirov at third. How do you feel about that order there? Oh my god, yeah, it's a lot. Uh, but it's my time to shine now here with the Europeans. Um, yep. Konsta Hellenius is a highly intelligent player, and while the point production wasn't the greatest at the World Junior Championship, he was one of Finland's top play drivers offensively, playing some really solid two-way minutes, uh, and was in a top-six role down the middle for the entire tournament, putting in some pretty good performances. So I thought that he he, he shone decently brightly at that tournament, uh, all things considered, despite the lack of production. And while I think that top of all European prospects is still a little bit much for me personally, I think that... Yes, he has certainly established his level of intelligence, his maturity to play high-level hockey against Liga competition, especially as a slightly undersized player. Like, he's 5'11", 180, he's not particularly big. Yeah. So he doesn't have, like, the biggest advantage playing pro hockey uh, from a physical standpoint. But he's been playing really, really well. I, I still have some question marks about just how high the upside is, just how good the tools actually are, how he'll be able to leverage those consistently at the NHL level while retaining that defensive like solidity and, yeah. and maturity. Uh, but I, 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 I'm a big fan of him. I think he's, he's certainly a top 10 talent. And uh, there's definitely a case to be made for him as a top uh, European. I just, I'm, I'm not quite there yet. Yeah, Anton Salive is another player I like a lot, uh, but I'm still I, I still think this is a little bit rich because at number three you got Ivan Demidov, but with Salayev at two you have a like if if we're talking about rangy defensemen, uh, far more so than even Artem Lashunov. Yeah, uh, probably the rangiest defenseman that we've seen come through the draft as a high end player since. I mean, like, I think he's a far better prospect than, than Maverick Lemur was in his draft year. But yeah. in terms of, like, range as a defenseman, we're talking that level. Yeah. Uh, and he's he makes some mistakes at times. He's far from a perfect defenseman. And mm -hmm. he's definitely still a work in, in, in progress. But uh, the upside here is really, really high. The decision-making has been consistently improving over the course of the season, which is making me a lot more comfortable with talking about Salayev in that top 10 range. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he, he's fascinating. But Ivan Demidov, in my mind, is, is quite clearly the most enticing European prospect. And he's far from the safest. He's, he's, not, he's not the slam dunk to play the most NHL games of all the players on this European list. But he is the one that I think will have the biggest NHL impact. And yeah. Being ranked third overall here in the central scouting list definitely shows a little bit of just like the risk that there might be to his game. Like he's extremely, like he plays a game of of raw flair. He loves to show off in in a in a, in a very like hockey way of like he shows off in order to create. It's yeah. always it has an intention behind it. It's not he's not showing off for the sake of showing off, but he will find the most like beautiful solutions to complex problems, which yeah. is 
eye candy for hockey fans, of course, but he does make some mistakes with that. But with Demidov, you also have a defensive, perhaps not consistency, but engagement that you yeah. don't usually have in these high flair, high skill players, especially coming out of Russia in recent years. Like Matt May Mitchkov was the polar opposite of the last year of not trying yeah. at all defensively, but just didn't matter with how good he was offensively. And I think with Demidov, it's kind of similar, even though they're, their like individual strengths are a bit different in the offensive zone, but yeah. it's quite a top three. I, I, I think it's a pretty solid top three here. I, I think I agree that these are three of the four or so best European prospects this season, yeah. but it, it, it completely opens up after that. Right. Cause we have yeah. a couple of players that uh, I know that we are not quite as high on as NHL central scouting is here in Adam Yerchek, who is out for the season with injury, which really sucks. Yeah. And Emil Hemming, who's coming off a really quiet World Junior Championship tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th those two are the clear kind of surprises of this top five. Yerchek's uh, really violent, uh, really aggressive defensively, but um, he's still kind of hesitant and shy with the puck, which doesn't really bode well. Emil Hemming, he's really good when he gets the puck in, in a shooting position. He's really able to rifle it in the back of the net, and he's really good at what he does. But I just he can fade out of games massively, and that that can that can play into things. Um, and having Michael Branzak Nygaard behind those two, yeah. I don't know, man. This player is really, really good. And I know he had a bit of a disappointing World Juniors where he didn't really show as much effort. But, like, it's I Norway. Like he played, like, like, four games in six nights. Like, it's not easy. But, yeah, overall, I really, really like him. Great defensive player. Great effort level. At the at the Swedish level, uh, in, in the pro leagues and in the Allsvenskan, and he's been good. Outside of that, we've got Aron Kivihari at seven. Um for sure. Undersized defenseman, really moves the puck well, excellent on the breakout, fantastic passer. The rest of his game's kind of a bit hesitant, and yeah, he, he's he's out with injury until at least like like late March. So it, it'll Around be a bit, yeah, it'll be a bit tough to get some more viewings on him. Matvey Sharavan at eight is is a bit surprising. He's a he's a bigger defenseman. He's a great puck mover, but um, I still have some questions about the rush defense. Uh, I still have some questions about the ability to um, kind of think his way out of problems rather than just skate his way out of them. So. That's yeah. another issue there. Igor Chernyshov at nine, um, big winger, plays really good hockey, really mature hockey for his age. Um, and yeah, he's been interesting. He's been way, way, way too good for the MHL and uh, in, in Russia's junior leagues, but way, way too unready, in fact, for for the uh, for the Russian pro leagues at the KHL and VHL. So he's a bit of an, in a weird position, and I get him kind of slipping down rankings here. Um, at 10, we have our first uh, actual Swede from Sweden uh, in Lucas Patterson, the center from Moto. I haven't watched any of them. Have you gotten any clips uh, yet? I, I have. I've watched like two or three games of his. He's, he's yeah. quite interesting. He's rather well-rounded. Uh, he's putting up some really good production uh, in Sweden. And yeah. I, I've, I've quite liked the tape. Uh, he, he looks to me like a second or third round player, more so than a potential first rounder, which he's yeah. more listed as here. Uh, but he he's 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 quite versatile. He's a pretty decent shot. He's very he's quite deceptive. He knows that he is a versatile player, and he uses that to his advantage to confuse defenses. And he definitely thinks the game at a higher level than most J twenty players. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's stood up positively in my viewing so far. For sure. And then after that, we have Leo Salin Valenius at 11. Um, I thought his D partner, um, Alphonse Frey, was a lot more impressive. Well, not his D partner, but they play on the same team. Um, but overall, Salin Valenius is a lot more dependable, a lot more defensively responsible. And I'm starting to see some flashes of offensive upside in the viewings I got from him. So it, it's it's interesting. Um, Dominic Bedinka at uh, yeah. at 12th overall uh, out of Malmo in, in, uh, in Sweden as well. 
six three hundred and eighty three pound good defenseman. What's your thoughts on him? Yeah, he, he's actually interesting. Um, he plays a very reliable style of hockey, which has him already playing 20 minutes a night in the SHL right now, the last couple mm-hmm. games. So he's getting a lot more minutes at a high level than most of the players we're talking about on yeah. this uh, on the European side of things, apart from like Salaev and Hellenius. Um, but he he's quite reserved. He, he's not pr- particularly a defenseman that's trying to create a ton offensively. He takes the back seat uh, in the offensive zone, but he's learning those things as the season progresses, and he's opening up a bit more in terms of trying things uh, in, in recent weeks, which has been nice to see, yeah. but uh, not the highest ceiling of players, but he's playing consistent, solid, reliable minutes in the SHL as a draft-eligible defenseman, which yeah. is always a decent sign. So he's a player that I want to get a closer eye on as the year progresses, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of that molded player, Leon Mugli at 13th overall, uh, playing in Zug in uh, the Swiss National League. Six foot, 165 pounds. Another really dependable, really reliable defenseman that makes good defensive plays. But again, another player is kind of tentative with the puck and doesn't really doesn't really seem to know when and how to activate yet. Um, I'm surprised to see him this high. I liked his um, his fellow countryman, Daniil Ostinkov, a lot more at the World Juniors. Um, and yeah, that, that that's my kind of breakdown on Leo Mugli. We've got Nikita Artamanov at 14. This is really low for my liking. Yeah. He, I think he's he's among he's in that kind of Salayev group in terms of in terms of Russian players. Like he's really, really good. Um, and finally, to end things off with the top 15, we've got Yesse Polkinen at 15, six foot six, 203 pounds, an overager. Um, he's been fantastic in Liga. I've watched a game. I watched a game of his recently against Pori, which you which you recommended me. I told you. I told oh you. My he was good. <laughs> this, kid, this kid is ridiculous. It's funny. Like, yeah, for, I don't care that he's 19. Like, you have to pick him. Like, I think he's a first rounder at this point. But let's probably, okay. My yeah. mission is starting to yeah. succeed here. Probably uh, late first. Probably late because, first, but yeah. <laughs> this is a player who is playing the, the same style of hockey. He's playing at the World Juniors with the same level of confidence. He's playing against men in Liga right now and playing similar minutes too. Like yeah, he's, he's he's very very good at hockey. Absolutely. But that breaks down the top 15 of European skaters on Central Scouting's list. Um, now we're going to be going into the surprises, the guys that are too high, too low. We'll talk about some players outside of the top 15s right after these messages from our sponsors over at FanDuel. The NFL season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets, guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose, that you can use on anything, ranging from spreads to player props to over and unders and far more. Whether you want to bet on your favorite team to win the Super Bowl or your favorite quarterback to throw for a couple of TDs in the next game, the choice is yours. I personally really enjoy using FanDuel for uh, same-game parlays to make the games that I actually attend all the more exciting, uh, but you really have all the choice in the world with it. So... Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Alrighty, so ending things off with our surprises from these rankings. We'll talk about players outside of the top 15, but also inside of the top 15 that are either too high, too low, that kind of surprise us with their rankings. Um, I think we get started on the North American side here. Um, I think the big surprise here, first and foremost, is Carter Yakumchuk at six overall. Again, I, I don't like this mold of player. I, I it's just I know it's it's kind of a personal thing, but also just watching them in the yeah. NHL, watching their numbers, their analytics, their underlying data in the NHL, it never really works out as well as people think it will. Um, Carter Yakimchuk again, just a 
a fantastic toolsy defenseman. Like just the tools on him are fantastic. He's big. He's got great skating. Um, his stick handling's really good. He's got a bomb from the point. You can't just be all tools, no toolkit. Like you need to put these things together and know when to use what tool at what time. And I, I don't feel like Yakumchuk has that covered at all yet. So I'm really surprised to see him this high in these rankings, especially if you look at the guys below him. Sam Dickinson, Zane Parekh, uh, you know, th- those guys are amazing, like really, really good at hockey and are probably like, especially Dickinson and Parekh are, are probably the two, you know, top defensemen in this class along with Steve Booyam. So it's just, I I don't get this. Um, but Adam Yako at 13, I, I'd say is is even higher than I'm, you know, than, than I'm comfortable with for Yakumchuk. So it's just... I get it. He's big. Um, yeah, he, he's big. Uh, he wins face-offs. He's good defensively. Yeah. But, like, I I don't know how much you can value a player that doesn't bring the level of offensive play that other players below him bring. Like, you look mm-hmm. at the names below him. There are players who could, who could score, like, 60 points in the NHL. Like Luke but, Misa at 45? I, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous, I think. Like, Luke Misa... Luke Misa, for me, is the best OHL player outside of Liam Greentree um, and, and Zane Perak, of course, but the best OHL forward, basically. Okay. Outside of Liam Greentree, for me, it's Luke Misa. The pace on this kid is ridiculous. He can outpace NHLers already. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. fairly confident and comfortable with that. He's growing defensively and has got actually made it a net positive in his play. Um, really good at understanding where to position himself, and he's not all speed. Like, you see players with this speed just, just kind of bulldoze their way around the, the ice, not really knowing how to utilize their speed, utilize speed differentials, when to slow down. You know, speed is a tool that you can kind of mold and modify like Play-Doh to kind of make your way around the ice and do some good things. And usually with players that are this fast, they're just outpacing everyone. But Luke Misa is really good at slowing down, at knowing when to kind of take his foot off the gas a bit and let the play develop before speeding up again. So it's just beyond the pace. He's just a really good playmaker. And I just, there's so many different areas of his game that can hit and i'm like what is going on right like it doesn't make sense um but we have to go rapid fire on these we still have a lot more to go through (laughs) so yeah lane hudson sorry lane hudson wow cole hudson lane hudson's brother at 57th overall in these rankings and honestly i understand the free fall maybe not that much maybe not that much but uh yeah he has been not really too impressive not even offensively um for for uh for the ntdp and yeah i mean he's one spot above will skahan which i can get get on board with i like him definitely more than will skahan i just think both of them could possibly be higher in these rankings but uh yeah and then we have clark caswell at 68 clark caswell has really really impressed me uh luke sweeney was the first to kind of point him out to me and every time i've watched him i've just come around come out surprised with how good a player this undersized can be defensively like he's really, really good off the puck. He's playing on their PK. He's playing, you know, um, top minutes in, in their program as well. And overall, you just see him get to the right spots consistently, get a stick in the right lanes consistently. But on top of that, he's a really good handler. He's a really good playmaker. And he uses that offensive brain really well. Um, so that's a multi player I like. Players that are really intelligent and use it well and have tools that can be uplifted by that intelligence. So seeing him at 68th overall is a shocker to me. Um, but take it away with the uh, with the European side here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's start off with the biggie, uh, which is Emil Hemming at number five, which is one of the rankings that in in these lists that I just don't understand. Like I I just don't really get it. Uh, yeah. he has a really good shot, and 
I think that that, that there's definitely still an argument to be made around Emil Hemming as a first round talent, but that conversation to me is more limited, like 25 to 32 range, if anything, uh, because he's still really limited beyond the goal score. He can move off puck decently well. He can find soft, soft ice decently well at the junior level, especially on the European ice surface, which yeah. he struggled with a lot more even in the World Juniors, where he still had the European ice surface but was playing against better competition. Finding soft ice was a struggle for him. He, With the puck on the stick, he was struggling to really create advantages or put it into better places than where he got it. And if we're talking top five European prospects of a draft class, that's not really what I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, Leon Mugli at 13 is another one. Like I've watched a bit of him. I have to watch a bit more before I make any like, bigger statements around him, but I have still a lot of questions about how he projects. I think he's the type of player that could be a long-term high-end player in Europe. I think mm-hmm. that that is entirely within like the, poss- the realm of possibility. He is quite intelligent. He has some decent foundational habits that allow coaches to trust him a decent amount at a young age just by being an undersized defenseman. But the actual toolkit that could make him a high-end or impactful NHLer is definitely still a bit more abstract in my eyes. Yeah, uh, Nikita Artemanov at 14 just makes me a little bit annoyed uh, because he is an incredibly versatile and skilled and defensively capable forward. He is exactly what you want in a, a, a skilled player playing professional hockey as an 18-year-old that's a draft eligible in the yeah. KHL. And he's Absolutely. doing it really, really well. Like he's playing some high-end defensive hockey. What has a super high motor. He, with the puck on a stick, he always makes decisions that are calculated. And sometimes they're wrong. But when he makes a wrong decision, it is because it, he got there in a calculated string of decision making or was pressured into it. And he learns from those mistakes. He yeah. actively applies what he learns from mistakes into his game, which is what you want to see in young players playing professional hockey. Yeah. Um, Perhaps the most confusing one of the entire list is Alexander Zetterberg at 18. I, I five foot seven winger who plays like he's five foot two. And this is coming from like, I mean, I, I think we're, we're the champions the of undersized players. Like, we're the champions of undersized. I do not like, see Alexander Zetterberg ever really yeah. making the NHL. And if he does, great for him. Please, I just like, I'd love to be wrong, but there's, there's not a single so compensatory <laughs> habit in this game, like, not a single one that helps him overcome his lack of size. And it's and, like... And, and, and we've, we've, we've wanted to see it with Zetterberg. We, we've been, like, like curiously watching his game since, like, July. Like, he was he was a player that we had a little star next to his name of, like, great name, of course. But, like, yeah. the skill, the flashes of, like, U18 performances. The playmaking. But as soon as, you, as soon as he's hit the U20 level, it has been a lot more difficult. So 18 is very high. Especially when it's like five slots ahead, one of the most underrated uh, two-way and especially offensive defensemen in this draft class, and Alphonse Frey. Yeah. Probably my favorite Swede of the draft class uh, so far. Alphonse Frey is a super mobile, very intelligent, and quite creative uh, left-shot defenseman who can really, really take the game by the horns and, and make it his own. He, he loves to to take control of the game, especially in the breakout, both as a carrier and a passer in the offensive zone. He distributes the puck really, really well, gets it to dangerous areas, repositions himself into open ice to surface an outlet when his teammates get pressured. Really, really smart and is 
outthinking all of his teammates, which is is making it a little bit more difficult for him to actually create with these incursions because they're often uh, like he's thinking about lanes that his teammates just can't really see because yeah. he's moving at a pace that's just a lot higher than what the J20 often is at. Uh, but he's a player that I think is really underrated at 23 among European prospects. Uh, but yeah, I think that, that that kind of wraps it up for the European side of things. But uh, definitely multiple players that the rankings give me a lot of questions. But I'm curious to dig in more with all of them to kind of see where like the like upside or optimism is kind of coming from here with NHL Central Scanning. 100% fully agree. But that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today. They got all your news and updates about what's going on around sports. And make sure to tune in uh, for our next episode as we do an NCAA roundup. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.